0: 9397. Or text us on the Castle Heating and Cooling Text Line, 217-351-5357. Or email us at talk at wdws.com. Now, here's your host, Brian
1: Barnhart. And good morning once again. Welcome to a Penny for Your Thoughts. Here coming this way, your way on this Tuesday, September the 20th. Getting close to fall here as uh, fall approaches, I guess the official end of summer coming up. uh, Fall starts on Thursday officially. Great to have you with us, however, and wherever you might be listening today on another very pleasant day. Going to get hot, though, I think, a little hot. Of course, had those, uh, what, those hailstorms. I think insurance companies' uh, phone lines were ringing a bit yesterday after the hail from a couple of nights ago that uh, woke us all up in the middle of the night. So... um, very nice and uh, warm today, though, for sure. Maybe a record high, they say. We'll see. High of 92. The uh, record is 96. Low tonight of uh, 70. Partly sunny, 89 tomorrow. And then Thursday's high, only 70. Just in time for the start of fall. As you heard Gene mention in the open, you can uh, ring us if you'd like, 217-356-9397. Text us as well at uh, the Castle Heating and Cooling text line, 217 351 And you can email us, talk, at com. Predominantly open line time today, Ginger Mills from Cunningham will join me in a little bit from the Cunningham Children's Home, the Be A Hero 5K, coming up on October the 1st. That'll be at the very end of the show. But other than that, the uh, show is you and me today. So we will uh, discuss a lot of things. President Biden heading to speak at the U.N., in New York, hurricane in the uh, Caribbean there, uh, causing flooding in Puerto Rico. Had the Queen Elizabeth funeral yesterday. You say, well, who cares about that? Well, four billion people watched it, apparently, they say. Around the world, four billion. So half the world's population, basically. That's what they say. Uh, is the pandemic over? 60 Minutes interview, Joe Biden basically said that. He did say it. Now, whether was that, is that what it really means? Or, I mean, I think for the most part, everybody has had some form of COVID, whether it's the COVID itself or the variant or the subvariant or whatever number it is. They do have the booster shots up and available now. So we'll see. Has it become now just kind of an annual thing? You get your flu shot, you get a COVID shot. I don't know. Maybe headed for that. Uh, let's see. Ad spending shows Democrats pinning hopes on the midterms on abortion debate. and The two things the Democrats are running on, basically. It's pretty simple, the fall uh, midterm elections here. Abortion and Trump. The Republicans are running on inflation and crime. That pretty much uh, may be oversimplified, but that's kind of what it boils down to, I think. Are those uh, big issues... Interest rate decisions coming from the Fed in the next day or two. Immigration, that's another big issue Republicans will be running on. Immigrants to Martha's Vineyard causing a stir. Uh, Nick halanyak passed away. Great Illini, of course, the father of LED lighting. Great picture in the News Gazette today of the State Farm Center lit up. In honor of uh, Dr. halanyak Nick Halaniac, truly made the world a better place. With uh, you think about it, all the LED lighting and so forth. The uh, Safety Act, current and former judges weighing in on the impact of the bill with bail reform taking effect January first. Jeff Telesio's put together that uh, town hall that uh, he did so well with the uh, crime issues that we discussed over the several months there for a while and. Uh, of course, we're approaching the midterms, and the Safety Act is something that is starting to show up in some of the ads you, you'll hear along the way here, heading for November. Is the Joe Biden administration tone deaf on inflation? There's some examples uh, that one writer says shows that he is. This is the anniversary of the uh, Billie Jean King-Bobby Riggs showdown, and the, was it the Astrodome is where they held that? Back in 1973, Herm Edwards out at Arizona State. We talked about that yesterday a little bit. Illinois football getting ready to play Chattanooga on a Thursday night. First ever Thursday night football game at Memorial Stadium. We played on Thursday before. Thanksgiving, Thursday away game, but never a Thursday night game at Memorial Stadium. So that will be the first one that comes up on thursday night muhammad seymour teachers and support staff show up in big numbers at the school board meeting last night again an intent to strike not saying they will but it is possible in muhammad so we'll see and uh, just based on some of the numbers i saw last night just salary wise they're not that far apart so hopefully they can uh, get that resolved but we'll see so anyway, those are some of the issues that are up there. You can talk about those, any of those, or none of those. You can just click none of the above if you'd like, something else. But you can join us here on A Penny for Your Thoughts here this morning. We'll come back and get it started. Adam Austin, our producer today. So glad you're with us on a warm late summer day here in the middle to late portions of September on A Penny for Your Thoughts. on a penny for your thoughts 916 as we join you here this morning with an open line for a good part of the show today all the way up till about 10:40 a couple of emails and texts that have come in here says I'm curious if you've had questions from listeners about problems this year with the state of Illinois tax rejections this year because the state of Illinois was unable to match property property parcel ID numbers to their database I was told that in some years there are problems or issues with specific counties sending wrong or mismatched property parcel ID numbers to the state, which can cause a lot of rejections on state income tax filings. I don't know. I haven't heard anything about that. But if you have heard something similar to that, let us know. All right, so got that from one of our listeners. 217-356-9397. 217-356-9397. Text line at 217-351-5357. And you can email us, talk, at wdws.com. Uh, Biden says we're on the right track. I think he said that in the 60 Minutes interview. Not a joke. Woke. Taxes. Gas prices. Crime. Open borders. Fentanyl deaths. Abortion student loan forgiveness spending inflation it's a train wreck all right appreciate that on the uh, text line 217-351-5357 question will be what does that mean for the midterm elections i think both uh, both bases have been energized now what about turnout who gets the bigger turnout right Uh, Let's see here. Hi, Brian. A text was sent out today from University of Illinois to the retired employees regarding their insurance, which was part of their contract. They would provide insurance for retirees. They're saying we have to keep Aetna. Let's see if I've got this right. They're saying we have to keep Aetna all pay for our own insurance from another company, and Carl and Aetna will not accept each other. This looks like a lawsuit waiting to happen to me. Okay, I don't know if they mean those that keep Aetna. Because I know theres there's been some discussion about the um, health insurance for retirees and that uh, Aetna and Carl are not on the same page, basically. That it's not going to happen. So I don't know. I don't, I know I've been talking to some different folks about that, trying to learn more, and I'm still trying to learn more. So I'll have to see the actual text of the letter. So if somebody's got that, just send it to me. And then I can kind of sort out exactly what they're saying. But I know there has been some change of foot in regards to Etna and Carl. What that looks like exactly, I'm not totally sure. All right, and another text says I love seeing all these union members fighting for a deserving wage. This is from a proud member of Local 703. All right, I assume they're talking about the teachers in Muhammad, teachers and support staff. All right, 217-356-9397, 919 here at uh, DWS. This is National Voter Registration Day as well today, using field technology and media efforts to create awareness of voter registration opportunities. Of course, early voting approaching here pretty soon. Vice President Kamala Harris expected to speak in Orangeburg, South Carolina, on the importance of registering to vote. On this particular day. And on a less serious note, it's also National Pepperoni Pizza Day. (laughs) How's that from one serious issue to a non-serious one? Celebrating America's favorite pizza topping, two-thirds of all pizzas made in the U.S. have pepperoni on them. And every year, Americans eat more than 250 million pounds of pepperoni. Pepperoni is not Italian. It's from New Haven, Connecticut. In Italian, the word pepperoni sort of translates to large bell peppers. <laughs> well, I guess the pepperoni, the top, the number one topping, I guess. And another text coming in here to the text line says: Wondered if any of your listeners have watched the Ken Burns documentary episode number two? Is tonight. He blames America for the Holocaust. The ironic thing is, the people he blames are the liberals running the country. Well, it's one documentary I do want to see because, A, it's of historical nature. And uh, my wife and I were talking about uh, watching it the other day, uh, the Ken Burns documentary. And a lot of it at the time, you had to understand that, uh, if you remember, there was the story of the the ship that was full of uh, Jewish refugees that was off the coast of Florida, I think. I may have to double-check it, but whatever the case is, the... um, Roosevelt administration would not let them in, and uh, the c- country itself turned them away, and Adolf Hitler used it to his advantage, saying, see, even the Americans don't want them at the time that he was rising to power in, in Germany and um, beginning to inflict a lot of restrictions on the Jews and what they could do and where they could live and could they work and so forth. And of course, eventually it led to the, to the uh, concentration camps and the death camps during the course of the war. But yeah, I'd be interested to see that documentary to see um his perspective on it. Cuz a lot of things get lost in history over time and that was one of those um, one of those things that unfortunately happened at the time. But America was very isolationist in the 30s. Had just come through World War 1. Uh at the end of World War 1, of course, and all that happened with the Great Depression and uh, that was ongoing and uh, People in America, I mean, it, and, and Roosevelt knew it at the time. He couldn't just jump into the war like Britain did and France did. I, America was really isolationist and said, leave the Europeans to fight it out among themselves. So we kind of turned our back on Europe there for a, for a long time until Pearl Harbor happened. And they basically dragged us uh, dragged us into the war and the rest, as they say, is history. 9.23 at News Talk 1400, DWS on a, a penny for your thoughts. Hurricane Fiona causing devastating flooding in parts of Puerto Rico. They expect it to intensify as it takes aim at Bermuda next. And they say, again, 4 billion people watch the funeral, the final farewell to Queen Elizabeth II. A state funeral attended by President and Jill Biden, along with kings, princes, and prime ministers from all over the world. Before the service, a bell tolled 96 times for each year of her life. Crowds packed the streets of London and at Windsor Castle to honor the monarch who served for 70 years. And atop the coffin sat a, hand, sat a handwritten note from her son, King Charles III. After a committal service at a chapel in Windsor Castle, the coffin was lowered into the royal vault. But uh, they say four billion people watched it. We'll talk to Seal Otnis on Thursday, our royal watcher-watcher, our official Penny for Your Thoughts royal watcher-watcher. That's what I call her. A former University of Illinois professor. And uh, we'll talk to her about uh, going forward with the monarchy and with the royal family and what's going to happen to the brand, as she likes to talk about. 9.24 at News Newstalk 1400, DWS. Let me get a break in, come back with some more. We've got news headlines coming up at the bottom of the hour from CBS. Give and take today on a penny for your thoughts up until about 10.40, 10.45. Ginger Mills for a few minutes. And then tomorrow in the second hour, we'll do our Illini Friday. Day before game, I'm using air quotes here. Illini Friday on Wednesday, Kent Brown will join us, Barry Hauser and Ron Gunther who's going to be inaugurated into the, inducted, I guess is the word, into the Illinois Athletics Hall of Fame coming up this weekend with several others. Becky Beach was on last night. Josh Whitman was talking about that with the guys on Sports Talk last evening. A lot of great names going into that next class of the Hall of Fame. 925, back on a penny for your thoughts in a moment. 9.27 on A Penny for Your Thoughts. News headlines coming up here at the bottom of the hour. The Beef House over in Covington, Indiana. Of course, great sponsor. I think I've done more Beef House spots than any other of all of our great sponsors. Just across the Indiana state line, exit 4 in Covington, Indiana. Say hi to Bob and Bonnie Wright. Pretty soon the leaves will be changing as we head for fall. It'll be happening soon. Particularly good time to head to Covington. Great menu items, wonderful appetizers, outstanding steaks, pork, chicken, pasta, seafood. You can combine your show over the winter months. They usually have uh, the Beef House Dinner Theater, some type of Christmas show. They had great summer shows this year. So whether it's spring, summer, fall, winter, it's always a great time. Oh, the leaves are changing. It's a nice drive over that way. So maybe think about it. Get the group together. Get some friends together. Head over to the Beef House in Covington, Indiana. So uh, check it out. The Beef House, exit 4. 217-356-9397. Uh, text line at 217 And you can email us, talk at com. How many people in Champaign County have been shot by someone waiting trial for years? I bet all of the... Because of Julia Reitz, I guess they say Julia Rest, but I think they mean Reitz. I bet all of the guy, all of the folks in Chicago will vote the Democrats back in office now, no matter how many kids are shot, how many people in Champaign County have been shot. Oh, I guess that's just repeating itself. Okay, same text twice. All right, um, safety discussion again in the uh, News Gazette today. It's former judges weighing in. Some people have said what you're hearing in a lot of commercials or a lot of ads, political ads that are beginning to uh, crop up, aren't telling you the whole story. You've got to put it in context uh, in regards to that. I know we had uh, Judge Limentado on recently. We're going to have Jason Baum on, Judge Baum coming up here in October. They've all weighed in uh, on different parts of it. A lot of it is they're kind of in a wait-and-see mode as to what exactly – is going to take place and how they're going to handle it. They don't really have a crystal ball on it yet as to what uh, the bail reform uh, when it comes to that. And we probably need to get Julia Reitz on again at some point and help us as we get closer to it to explain a little more of what's going to happen on January 1st. I always like to talk to the experts on those things rather than what somebody puts in an ad or what they say they heard from someone else or they saw on Twitter or whatever the case may be. So we'll try to uh, get that done at some point here in the weeks ahead before uh, November comes around. Uh hi Brian, the spectacle and hoopla surrounding the queen's funeral is the perfect reason for the nobility clause in the constitution, one listener says. <laughs> all right. Yeah, we kind of we got rid of the um the king, didn't we, back all those years ago? Uh, Let's see, good morning Brian, yesterday I received a vote by mail for life from Mr. Hammonds, or Mr. Ammons I guess they mean, the county clerk's office, you guys got to check your spelling here, (laughs) Mr. Ammons, the county clerk's office, and that's all well and good, but I also got one for my deceased wife and my son who doesn't live in the county anymore. Now, if I were not honest, I could fill all three out, send them in, and have those three votes for life. I'm not sure what's going on at the clerk's office, but that's the easiest way I know to be corrupt. Have a nice day. All right, appreciate that. On the uh, text line, 217 351 is how you reach us there, and a lot of folks do. Uh, 9.32, our news headlines here at the bottom of the hour. More open line up until about 10.40 or 10.45 today. Here on News Talk 1400, 93.9 FM. Again, uh, if you're listening on AM and you want to try the FM side, we inaugurated that several months ago. 93.9 FM comes in even better than on the AM side. Depends on where you are, but certainly you can hear us in FM as well. Let's go to uh, CBS News here at the bottom of the hour. 9.36 on a penny for your thoughts here. Some open line time today up until 10.40 with you on the show up until 11. Anybody gotten the, uh, received the uh, COVID booster yet? A lot of talk about that. There was um, a couple of articles I was sent in regards to some of this and uh, the New York Times had an article out saying, uh, yeah, it's out there, but are having a hard time uh, getting the word out about it. One opinion says there's terrific news about the new COVID boos- boosters, but few are hearing it. Didn't know if any of you have uh, had that yet. If you had any side effects from it. Uh, Dr. David Fletcher, we may have him on at some point here. He can kind of update us on that particular uh, new vaccine or new booster. I know he's had it and uh, said he didn't have any side effects from it. So you can check that out in uh, various places. The uh, ship I was referring to, and I knew it uh, had to do with uh, the Jewish passengers on the St. Louis St. Louis uh, ship had a few uh, several hundred uh, passengers that were fleeing Europe May 13th 1939 on the voyage were 937 passengers almost all were Jews fleeing from the Third Reich most were German citizens some from eastern Europe a few uh, were officially stateless The majority of the Jewish passengers that applied for U.S. visas had planned to stay in Cuba only until they could enter the United States. By the time the St. Louis sailed, there were signs the political conditions in Cuba might keep the passengers from landing there. The U.S. State Department in Washington, U.S. Consulate in Havana, some Jewish organizations and refugee agencies were all aware of the situation. The passengers themselves were not informed. Most were ultimately compelled to return to Europe. After the St. Louis arrived in Havana, the passengers learned the Cuban government had canceled their landing permits. The American-Jewish Joint Distribution Committee, JDC, negotiated with Cuba on behalf of the passengers. Again, this was in 1939, on the eve of World War II. But the negotiations failed, and the Cuban government forced the ship to leave the harbor. Although the ship sailed near the Florida coast, the U.S. government did not allow the passengers to land, since they did not have... U.S. immigration visas, and had not passed a security screening. American newspapers publicized the saga. Many Americans sympathized with the passengers. Great Britain, France, Belgium, and the Netherlands each admitted a percentage of the passengers upon their return to Europe in June of thirty-nine. Many passengers were able to obtain immigration visas and leave for the U.S. before the German invasion of Western Europe in May of 1940, but 254 passengers were killed in the Holocaust. And this is talking about the the Ken Burns documentary. The owners of the St. Louis, the Hamburg-America line, knew even even before the ship sailed that its passengers might have trouble disembarking in Cuba. As I mentioned, it attracted a great deal of media attention. And then uh, when the ship was turned away, The uh, Nazis in uh, Germany uh, made hay out of it, basically. Said, look, they're not even welcome over there. So, anyway, you might uh, check out that documentary. I think I certainly will. 940 at News Talk 1400, DWS. Uh, counties are required under Bill Clinton's Motor Voter Act to clean voter rolls of deceased voters and those who have moved. Barbara says. Judicial watches sued several counties and states regarding this. One county had 60,000 expired voters on the rolls. L.A. County is another example of huge numbers of expired voters on their rolls. A good way to cheat, Barbara says. All right, 941 at DWS, and we go to Mark.
2: Uh, Good morning. Two things. Number one, I would went to the uh show incident at Kickapoo Creek on Friday, on Saturday night and I do hope it makes it to to uh uh streaming services it was a wonderful hmm. wonderful wonderful show and uh for those who were not around in Champaign Urbana the the site uh, in 1970 of literally troopers lining both sides of the street from about 6th to Lincoln uh on uh Green Street is just you don't think that that happened in Champaign Urbana hmm. but it did. Wow. and it was uh the boarded up buildings in Campus Town, uh they showed part of that it was it was a very 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 um, good show it really held your interest as a documentary hmm. um for 90 minutes and i hope that Um, There were about 600 people there, and I hope people, you know, he shows it again, because it was a wonderful piece of history of East Central Illinois. But I was wondering, you know, the Safety Act, we talked uh, a couple weeks ago about getting uh, someone that voted in favor of the Safety Act, um, either um, Senator Bennett or... um, Carol Ammons, and I hope that um, they will come forward and not hide uh, behind uh, the guise of behind the curtain and come out and express to us why crimes that, um, you know, someone can come in your backyard pool and not leave. And I want somebody from the uh, Safety Act, and it doesn't have to be them, to come and explain to me why we're suddenly going to allow uh, that type of behavior and with just a simple ticket. Uh, you know, they've been the governor uh, last week who signed the legislation, um, you know, was quoted as saying, well, we have to see what's in the law to know what we signed. Really? You signed it. Hmm. And and we've gone from there. And and now all of a sudden, uh, you know, he's back uh, backpedaling as to uh, the safety. And And the other issue that hasn't been talked about and I've been thinking about this, is that, do you remember the marketplace mall riots from two years ago?
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Sure.
2: Okay. Every one of those people, remember the the liberals said, oh, these are all innocent people, and we're going to post their bail for them. And they did. And every one of those innocent people pled guilty. Well, their bail went to go pay for the fines for the courts. And I would like to, next time you have Julie Reitz on, ask her how much money is owed the county of Champaign by defendants who have not paid their fine. Let's say they got arrested and got a, uh, a released on their own recognizance. They've got no skin in the game. They're found guilty of of the crime, and they're fined $100 or $200 or $300. That money, which, by the way, goes to support the court system to pay for the clerks and the judges, et cetera, not the judges, but the state's attorney and, and her staff, suddenly we don't have that money coming in because – you know, normally bond money is applied to that after they're found guilty. So in the case of the uh, people arrested at Marketplace Mall, all that bond money that was posted was then used to pay for their fine for, um, you know, for their, their criminal act. And now that we're doing away with this and, and releasing people without bond, having to post bond, Who's going to pay for the court system? Why should I pay for the court system? I don't use it.
1: Yeah, that's one thing that's been brought up by some judges. I've said it's going to affect the process of the court. And, and, is what and, they...
2: and here's the other. Here's the other issue. We're talking about there will be no bonds, but we're talking about criminal offenses. We're not talking civil offenses. So if you, you know, get a, a civil judgment against you, and you don't pay the civil judgment the The victim, uh, the plaintiff, can then get a warrant for your arrest for the amount of money that you owed. Are we doing away with that too?
1: I don't know. There's a pretty good summary of it in the Gazette today if you uh, want to check I it out.
2: I read it I read it, yeah. I read it. And, that, and, yeah. and and, and uh, you know I read it. Um, but at the same time, you know we've got uh, you know we've got more questions. answers at this point, and we we really need someone from the left, you know, Senator Bennett, uh, Representative Ammons, to come on and explain to us what they voted for and whether or not the claims by Darren Bailey are wrong, and how are they wrong. All right. Because the governor says over and over and over that uh, Darren Bailey is lying about this. Show me exactly where Darren Bailey is lying. All
1: right, we'll see what we can do, okay?
2: Thank you. Thank you, sir. All
1: right, 217-356-9397. I'm pretty sure Scott, if I asked, would come on. I don't think he'd have any qualms about that, so uh, we'll see what we can do about that. Uh let's see. Yes, it is funny that nobody wants to talk about COVID anymore, question mark. Uh why are those people that call the unvaccinated, quote, American Taliban, where are they now? They're chasing other new imaginary villains, I guess, like Republicans. <laughs> Listener says. All right. It's always interesting what's on people's minds on an open line. Two one seven three five six nine three nine seven. Here's a question that uh is, I think part of the kind of crystallizes for folks because the president said on 60 Minutes, the pandemic's over. Well, Lister says, why should I get the new COVID vaccine? Biden told us that the pandemic is over. I think part of that was uh Biden saying that was that, A, you know, uh, we have reached a point where most everybody's had some version of COVID and there are plenty of vaccination um Vaccinations available, boosters, whatever you want to do i mean we've we've learned we've come a long way when you think about it in two and a half years from where we were in march of twenty twenty when well, we didn't know exactly what we were dealing with, so you think about that how how far we've come, but also I think there's a political and again, everything is done with a calculation political calculation, but I think one of the things that he campaigned on was to basically. Manage COVID, be done with it, and so he can say, and he can say to voters and to his base, yeah, the pandemic's over. Whether the medical folks specifically agree with what he's saying or not, he can declare it over and claim victory about it and get ready for the fall. Uh, it's That's part of it, I think. Uh 9.48 at DWS. Let me get a break in, back with more, continuing on Penny after this. Yeah, headed for maybe a record high today. We should be in the 90s today. Here in champaign Urbana. Good to have you with us. On a penny for your thoughts, no matter where you're listening, how you're listening today. Good to have you with us. Couple of uh, more texts here. Let's see here. Uh, email actually. Chris in Savoy says one. Why would anyone let the Pfizer? Why would anyone get the Pfizer jab now? Biden declared the pandemic is over while on 60 Minutes. Imagine if Trump had said the same. And number two, the Jewish underground and our allies knew what Germany was doing during the Holocaust. They begged the Americans to bomb several railroad lines that transported millions of Jews to their deaths. And we refused to do so, Chris says. And again, talking about the Ken Burns documentary on all of that. So be interested to see that. Uh, and again, uh, when you read back in history, and history is always interesting, you can go back to the 1944, part of the debate, the back and forth on this. Yet, bombing a concentration camp filled with innocent, unjustly imprisoned civilians also posed a moral dilemma for the Allies. To be willing to sacrifice innocent civilians, one would have had to per- perceive accurately conditions in the camp and to presume that interpreting the killing process would be worth the loss of life in Allied bombings. In short, one would have to know that those in the camps were about to die. Such information was not available until the spring of nineteen forty four and again, got to remember we didn't we didn't live in a social media world in nineteen forty four so there just wasn't a lot of information coming out about all of that uh April tenth nineteen forty four two men escaped from Auschwitz. They made uh, contact with Slovak resistance forces, produced a substantial report on the extermination camp at Auschwitz. In great detail, they documented the killing process. While the complete report, together with maps, did not arrive in the U.S. until October, U.S. officials could have received the complete report earlier if they had taken more urgent interest in it. So anyway, that's kind of the... You can If you just Google... Anything, Uh, should the U.S. have bombed concentration camps or railway lines in World War II, you can come up with all kinds of uh, articles on it. But it is uh, interesting. 9.53 at uh, News Talk 1400, DWS. We'll have uh, Ginger Mills join us. Be a Hero 5K coming up for the folks at Cunningham uh, at the end of the next hour. Roofs by Roger, been in business. Roger's been himself in the roofing business, and I know roofers are probably getting a lot of calls these days after all the the hail that happened. And uh, they want to remind you they are not a storm chaser roofing company. In fact, they get calls from clients who need us to repair the work done by a roofing company that came through after a storm. They're local and a longtime pillar in the community. So make sure if you did have some damage that you give Roofs by Roger a call, 217 834 Thirty-eight hundred. Go to the website. Check out all the information that is there. RoofsByRoger.com, dot com. Roofsbyroger r o d g e r dot com. And you can check out all of their information on their Facebook page as well. And Aaron will handle the estimates. Janelle will be your first point of contact. They'll do a great job for you. Get you started on that process. Hopefully, you didn't have any damage, but maybe you did from the uh, hailstorm the other night. Roofs by Roger two one seven eight three four 3,800. I know a lot of folks were out probably taking pictures of their house or roof or siding or whatever the case may be. Don't uh, If you've got some updates on what you experienced the other night or what damage you had, let us know. Feel free to do so at 217-356-9397. Text line at 217 And you can email us, talk at wdws.com. Uh, Tomorrow in the second hour, we'll do our Illini Wednesday or Illini Friday brought to you by OSF. We'll have uh, Ron Gunther on with us, former Illini, of course, and former athletic director, does some work for the Big Ten now. And he's going in the Illinois Hall of Fame, Athletics Hall of Fame, with several others. There's a great list of uh, athletes going in. Becky Beach, a lot of women uh, on the 50th anniversary of Title IX, of course, as well. All those uh, activities, and we'll talk to Ken about that and – What else is going on in regards to that coming up uh, tomorrow? And then Thursday in the 10 o'clock hour, uh, Cielotnis will join us. We'll talk about the uh, just recently completed Queen Elizabeth Funeral and the future going forward. And Friday we've got some open line time planned, and then I'll be off next Monday just for a day next week. So Scott will handle the Monday Morning Quarterback Show next Monday. Hi, Brian. The Criminal Safety Act will do to the justice system what the defund the police has done to police and community safety. It's a Defund Our Justice System Act. It's a radical left plan to free violent criminals, which has been happening for months. It requires a mini-trial with witnesses, lawyers, and all required during a pre-trial hearing within 48 hours, I guess, even weekends and holidays. Do we pay for 24 hours, 7 days a week pre-trial hearings? Our Public Defender's Office is already overwhelmed with the skyrocketing crime and shootings of an and have asked private lawyers to take the responsibility to represent murder defendants in court. Now they even have a greater number of cases and responsibilities to represent all defendants than in the past. That in the past judges decided during pretrial. How will this pretrial work with more than half of the population of our jail out of county? It's already a massive headache to manage housing people and bringing them back to Champaign County and allow lawyers to properly represent them out of county. Now they have that right within 48 hours pre-trial. How do they stay in Champaign? There's no space at the jail for those awaiting pre-trial. We spend millions of dollars moving inmates now at expanded court services and staff, and the process, as has been said, isn't well defined. All paid by taxpayers, the victims of the crimes. They are robbed twice by the criminals. And by those who supported the safety act, all right thanks they say all right appreciate that a lot of a lot of typing there two one seven three five one five three five seven and you can email us talk at w d w s dot com Uh, Let's see if there's any more coming in. I think I've got them all up to date. All right, appreciate all of those. 958 news headlines, uh, news reports, I guess. The top of the hour news coming up here at 10 o'clock. And not long, we're going to be into October here. So it's kind of strange the way the football schedules work. Brett Bielema has talked about that a little bit, how the uh, preparation that's going on. I think Bob Osmussen writes about that in the News Gazette today. Article on Luke Ford as well, a young man from Carterville who was at Georgian then came back to the state of Illinois. And the bye weeks happen at a very opportune times. Uh, Scott Ritchie actually wrote that one. I think Bob wrote the uh, Luke Ford article. Give credit where credits due. Don't want to get it mixed up. But again, the uh, Chattanooga game, seven thirty, at night on Thursday night. All right, more open line to come here in the next hour up until about 1040. Ginger Mills will join us then. So we will uh, talk more with you after the weather and then the news. WDWS, Champaign-Urbana.
0: It's the second hour of A Penny for Your Thoughts with Brian Barnhart on News Talk 1400 at 93.9 FM, WDWS. You can join it on the phone via text or online. Our phone number is 217-356-9397. Or text us on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line, 217-351-5357. Or send an email to talk at wdws.com. Now here again, Brian Barnhart. All right, back for hour number two
1: on this Tuesday. Great to have you with us on a Penny for Your Thoughts open line here time today. A lot about the Safety Act or in the town hall today, as Jeff Delesio put it, the safety dance. Continuing a conversation that kicked off Sunday, continuing the weeks leading up to the January 1 implementation of Illinois' Polarizing Safety Act. Two local judges, one active, one retired, share their insights on what's ahead and How we uh, got there and got here, Uh, one, it's a longer one, is Chase Leonard, born and raised in Champaign-Urbana, 35-year career in the law, served for nine years as a patrolman in the Champaign Police Department, 10 years as an assistant state's attorney, 12 years as an associate judge, and he gives his perspective, basically saying, hey, the depth and objectivity missing from the debate on ending bail. And he goes into quite a bit of detail, which is kind of complicated to try to read or Summarize in a bullet point headline. So if you want to read that online or in the News Gazette, check it out. It's a one, two, three, five column article there. So you can check that out. And then uh, Robert Steigman, Justice Steigman, who's with us, of course, now on the appellate court. But uh, his basic issue is with how the whole process with the legislature, uh, the way they handled it, Voting for it, a 764-page bill at 4 a.m. on the last day of a lame duck session. That was his biggest beef with it. And we, and he and I have talked about what's going to happen on January 1st with the Safety Act and when it comes to bonding and, and so forth. So if you want to check those out, and maybe that will give you a little perspective. Uh, it would be too complicated to try to summarize it or read it. There are some details in there. And I, I just say in general, that my general rule of life is what I try to do, is usually if there's a complicated issue like this, If you can find the path to the experts, the people that know, that live these lives every day as a judge or a policeman or whatever the case may be, they can usually tell you how it goes day to day and try to stay away from what you see on a bumper sticker or what you hear in a political ad that maybe cherry picks and emphasizes a point of something that overemphasizes or exaggerates what's really happening, so... And I think that's what he's talking about, you know, the depth and objectivity, and put it in context and make up your own mind is what I would say. But that's just me, Ten, twelve, 12 uh, Frank, how you doing, Frank? I'm doing great today. How about yourself? Hey, good to have you on.
3: Um, I just wanted to make mention of a couple things, actually. Um, with the uh, Safety Act, I think something that we all probably need to keep sight of that maybe a lot of the listeners that I've heard either text in or call is um, it seems like they're asking for people that have not been convicted of a crime to remain locked up or be locked up in a cage and we live in a country where you're innocent until proven guilty and so really I mean just because you're accused of a crime doesn't mean that you automatically should have to be held in a cage because you don't have money to put up to get out of that cage um unfortunately or fortunately whichever way you want to look at it um our country does say that we're innocent until proven guilty and and so there's really no reason for these people to be held there until they're um actually convicted now i do realize that there's going to be times that um dangerous people are, are going to be accused of a crime and i think that this law still allows for the judges discretion to keep those people Locked up. And then, secondly, was about um, Ken Burns' uh, um, documentary you were talking about. You said, well, we're not, you know, back then they weren't in the day to age of social media and a lot of information wasn't available. Uh, but even now, when we do have social media and information available, uh, i.e., like Ukraine, we know what's going on over there. We see it and we still have believe it or not five hours a day on our local radio station of clowns coming on telling us how stupid and idiot we are to support ukraine and and that we're virtue signaling and all that these people really have doesn't seem to have any compassion for what's going over there going on over there and we do know these atrocities are happening um, yeah, so no,
1: yeah, and when yeah, no, I appreciate it. And there are, you know, a lot of uh, just because there's more outlets doesn't mean that what you hear is accurate or what you hear is right, or uh, you know, people focus in on one angle or another and kind of blow it out of proportion or whatever the case may be. So, you're right. I guess what I was saying is you had radio and you had, you didn't have TV really, and you had newspapers and any reports that came out of Europe, you know, tended to be delayed of you know a few weeks late. And so and
3: still propagandized uh, yeah. uh,
1: from both sides, oh sure, before. yeah, no, there was you know <laughs> that was you know, he put up both uh, sides, you know, had a lot of films they would put out, you know, extolling the virtues of their soldiers and the great job they're doing, and you know, but you didn't have the the t v cameras in there to show, okay, here's what's happening, but um, which is just a different era, I guess that's what that's what I meant, so sure, yeah, sure.
3: Okay. Thank you. All right,
1: thanks, Frank. Appreciate your two cents worth. Thank you. Ten fifteen at DWS on a penny for your thoughts. I do find it, you know, it's interesting rabbit hole to go down. But to think, okay, if if the public, if we were living in, if we were fighting World War II in this era today, you know, would everybody have said would there have been even more pressure for Britain to just surrender? You know, you're done. Um. You know, or what about would we be able to keep the d-day invasion secret and build uh, you know the dummy uh, armies they built on one coast to make the Germans think we were going to invade over here and that, I mean could you even pull that off today? Now, what, would, what would it look like today and uh, I don't know. I mean I don't know if you could pull off a lot of what happened in World War II even just a different age, a different time. And the way things are covered. So, yeah, check out the uh, articles on the Safety Act in the uh, News Gazette, and they'll be doing that more in the uh, town hall as we work our way towards the first of the year. 1016 at DWS found an interesting article Forgotten Treasures, the Stranger Things People Leave in Library Books. And I think this is in uh, Oakland, California, the Oakland Public Library. For years, one U.S. librarian has collected a lot of uh, stuff left between the pages of borrowed books. You know, you use something as a marker in your book. Maybe you don't have a book marker, but you just stick a note in there or something. Then you turn the book in and you forget it's in there. And she apparently has made a collection of a lot of folks that are left. The uh, documents left in between book pages range from the tantalizing to the mundane. Bookmarks of children's art. Christmas snapshots, family photos, weekend to-do list, letters written but never sent, and notes from lovers. There are some that are letters or cards or postcards that people used for their book, bookmark, that were sent between people or maybe not actually sent that feel really personal. There are some notes and letters, the librarian says, that feel very unfinished, or I really want to know what happened next. This librarian began collecting the notes and stacks of things around 10 years ago and has blogged about her hobby for several years. But the chance to curate an exhibition came when the library launched a new website. This allowed her to group the materials by theme or category, including notes, art, photos, cards and letters, artifacts, bookmarks, creative writing, lists and kids items. Some entries overlap, fit into one or two boxes, like an interview a Child carried out with her grandmother about how and why she immigrated from Vietnam decades earlier. Others defy easy categorization. Like a print of a 2008 recipe for pot roast, which has the admonition behave in the large blank space before the ingredient list begins. (laughs) Some letters are meditative, including one thanking its anonymous, uh, anonymous recipient for all that you do. But acknowledging we do have a tendency to argue, I'm working on stopping that. Again, these are all things left in library books that were returned to the Oakland Library, and this uh, library is making a collection of them. Uh, One part of the display collates the jury-rigged bookmarks readers insert when they find themselves without any other way to mark their place. Among them is a public enemy backstage pass, concert tickets, a sticker from the Euro 2012 football championships, phone cards, and that favorite standby of the traveling reader, the airplane boarding pass. (laughs) And the one note she finds particularly uh, funny is a confessional one, presumably penned by an infatuated teenager, which says... Okay, so I want to say that I find it amazing that no matter what Newt is doing, he either looks super adorable or incredibly hot. (laughs) Who said romance was dead? So there you go. That's pretty interesting, her collection. You can read about that. Um, Just Google things found in a library book, and you'll probably find the article. Uh, texter, this is from uh, Aaron uh, Esri with the Champaign County Board, District 3 weighs in, says Champaign's already has arraignment court 364 days a year with only Christmas being taken off. That said, how this new safety act will affect the whole justice system has yet to be seen. Sheriff uh, Harmon has informed the county board he may need more money for court security officers as he may be required to keep the courthouse open twenty four seven, which isn't the case now. So there's a member of our county board weighing in. I appreciate that. Thank you for giving us the insight on that and that particular angle on this discussion. We appreciate it. All right, to ten twenty one at DWS on a penny for your thoughts. Back after this TO. On a penny for your thoughts, ten twenty three. So an editorial here about the uh, present administration. Are they tone deaf when it comes to a lot of the issues that people are facing every day? It said last week, President Biden showed what it looks like when the ruling class loses all connection with the realities of the pain and stress of the people it serves. White House shindig to celebrate its own economic accomplishments was an orgy of self-backpatting and bragging over the Inflation Reduction Act. Experts agree it won't reduce inflation. There was a bit of irony to the fact that stocks plunged, about 1,200 points, and with them, many ordinary people's retirement savings over terrible inflation news, even as Biden was speaking. Core inflation up 6.3% in August, and the Dow plunged a staggering 1,200 points on the news that inflation had only barely slowed down to 8.3%. The future of America is bright, and the promise of America is real. It's real, Biden shouted counting on the strength of his own assertion to overpower the reality. It is not lost on average voters, for Biden or for Trump, that this administration is widely out of touch with the crippling effects that inflation is having on their lives. Eggs are 40% more expensive than a year ago, coffee 18%, groceries generally up 11%. You don't have to be a Republican to be unhappy with that this writer contends Biden's tone deafness continued the following day, which was spent in Michigan lecturing people whose median income is $36,000. They ought to buy an electric car to save money. In much of the Detroit area, the $62,900 Cadillac EV that Biden drove was a stunt at his publicity event. Cost more than a three-bedroom, two-bath home with a detached garage. And he followed that a week later, standing outside Independence Hall, or a week before, outside Independence Hall in Philadelphia, draped in sinister red lighting, delivering one of the most odious speeches a president's ever given, expressing his loathing for half of the country living in his country. For months, Republicans seemed to be in the catbird seat in terms of voters preferring them over Democrats in November's midterm elections. Their advantage may have diminished recently, in large part because of Trump's return to the spotlight in his feud with the DOJ. Whatever the outcome in November, several things will be missed along the way in measuring the outcome. If they win, Democrats will claim they benefited from their legislative accomplishments at the tail end of the summer. They'll also say their message of demonizing half of the country worked brilliantly, and the abortion issue played right into their hands. If Republicans retake both the House and Senate, it won't be because they ran an effective national message. So far, they haven't. But perhaps they weren't supposed to. Perhaps if they win more than 25 seats in the House and at least two in the Senate, it'll be because they turned the election into a referendum on Biden. Anyway, there's uh, one of the editorials out today in a reaction to uh, Joe Biden and his administration two one seven three five six nine three nine seven there are several others. A lot of them having to do with the immigration discussion with all of the folks that are crossing the border on a daily basis and a lot of them um, weighing in, you know talking about the flying of the immigrants to uh, Martha's Vineyard. One writer says it was necessary for Florida Governor Ron DeSantis to fly illegal immigrants from San Antonio to Martha's Vineyard. If you want to know why, look no further than President Joe Biden's interview on 60 Minutes. Given at least 15 minutes to ask whatever questions it thought important, CBS News made no mention of border security. Not a peep. Yet illegal immigrants are crossing the southern border at a record pace. The number has passed 2 million this fiscal year. Sending a few immigrants to a Democratic enclave inhabited by left liberals who mostly support Biden. Trying to get Biden to pay attention to the disaster he has caused. The mayor of Yuma, Arizona, asked the White House this May to stop busing immigrants to his small city of 97,000. Yuma's leaders told the White House they should bus immigrants only to communities of one million or more because small towns don't have the infrastructure to shelter feed and educate so many families biden ignored yuma's pleas and the buses of immigrants have kept coming the democratic mayor of eagle pass texas reached out to the white house for assistance with immigrants flooding his community i'd like to hear a plan as to what they're doing to counter the possibility of a surge in people on the border i haven't heard from anyone situation in el paso texas even worse immigrants sleeping on the streets all over town The situation has become so bad, the Democratic mayor of El Paso has already sent more than 50 busloads to New York City, over and above any sent there into Washington, D.C. by the Texas governor, Greg Abbott. Those buses have been arriving in New York since August, but CBS News did not bother to report on them. But the Martha's Vineyard one did get everybody's attention, for sure. All right, 217-356-9397. We're at 1029 here at DWS. I want to welcome a new sponsor, a longtime sponsor, but they're uh, with us here on Penny for Your Thoughts now. The folks at Hutchcraft Van Service in Urbana. I had a chance to meet all the folks over there here recently and tour the big warehouse and where they get ready to move you or your company or your office or whatever the case may be. They've got over 50 trucks, vans, and trailers, including liftgate trucks and trailers for heavy items. They have household goods relocation and storage capabilities, office relocation and record storage service, short-term and summer storage for students. They're at 1614 North Lincoln in Urbana. And, of course, Oren and Gerald Hutchcraft became agents for United Van Lines back in 1953, and, boy, did they hit the sweet spot as Americans were moving and spreading out across the country at a time that a new carrier launched to meet a growing demand for national moving services. And today, they're proud to represent the company and offer their customers all the services available through United Van Lines. Hutchcraft simplifies moving in Illinois. Their relocation specialists prepared to make the process run a bit more smoothly and exceed your expectations along the way. Hope you'll reach out to them. Our friends at Hutchcraft Van Service, great folks over there, 1614 North Lincoln in Urbana. Give them a call at 217-328-3333, 217-328-3333. Hutchcraft Van Service, located in the heartland of Illinois. They've also got one over in Normal, but Urbana's the one that you see, that we know, here in our community, and hope you'll uh, check that out. Hutchcraft Van Service, good to have you folks with us here on A Penny for Your Thoughts. Update coming up here from CBS, we'll do that. Here in just about uh, 20 seconds and come back with some little more open line time. And then uh, Ginger Mills will join us from Cunningham with their Be a Hero 5K coming up. Tomorrow, open line the first hour. And then we'll do our Illini Friday. Air quotes again on Wednesday as we get ready for the next day with Illinois and Chattanooga. Game day coverage Thursday night starting at 530 from Grange Grove and a 730 kickoff. Hope to see you there. Support this team. they're They're fun to watch. All right. Here's CBS.
4: I'm reaching for you, I can't do.
1: Send us a message in a bottle. It might take a while to get to us. A lot of people text us, too, or call us on well, hey, a penny for your thoughts. 10:36. Glad you're with us here. Had a busy show today. Got some more texts that have come in. We'll get to those here in a little bit. Uh, our friend Ginger Mills is here from Cunningham.
4: Good morning. Hello. Hello. Hi. How are you? I'm good. Good. I bet. Do you? I want to ask you sometime. What's the most interesting text you've ever received?
1: I don't know. I get so many. I've I bet lost, you do. I've lost track. I bet so. Yeah. As long as they keep it short and um, to the point. That's the key. Yes. I you agree. Know. But a lot of people have a lot to say, so maybe they're sometimes they're longer.
4: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: It's like a phone call. It varies. Right. Day right. to day. So I don't yeah. know. I have to think about that. Okay. Um usually well the ones we get on the flashback Fridays are pretty interesting. Uh huh. Whatever the topic is.
4: Yeah, because a lot so, of memories are Yeah, a lot of
1: memories yep. that we do once a month. We got another one of those coming up. So Very good. Yeah. That helps. So, what's new at Cunningham? You got a five k. We
4: do um, Saturday, October first. It's the second annual Be a Hero five k. It is at nine a.m. at Meadowbrook Park, and it's open to runners and walkers both. And we did it last year, and we had such a fun time doing it that we're doing it again. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're just so I was as we were talking earlier. This is a great way for people who may not be familiar with Cunningham to learn a little bit more about who we are, help support a great cause in our community. We had 794 youth and families that we served last year through our programs. And so this is a way just to kind of get out and, and move and uh, do it for a good cause.
1: So be a hero. You, yeah. You can, can you dress up? And yes, you can, yes. Okay. So
4: last year, we, you know, this was, you know, because we want people just to be seen as heroes in the eyes of the Cunningham youth and families that we serve. But people literally last year dressed up in costume. I remember seeing Hulk, Incredible Hulk, mm-hmm. Spider-Man. Wonder Woman, and she was actually running in the platform Wonder Woman Boots. I don't know really? how she did that. <laughs> and so this year we decided let's make that more of a component. And so yes, costumes are encouraged and it could be, um, whatever kind of costume, a hero costume or, you know, whatever mm-hmm. whatever you want to wear.
1: Or you can not wear a hero costume That's and be true. a hero at the same time. That so. is true,
4: because mm-hmm. all funds raised right. are benefiting the youth mm-hmm. and families. We've had some great sponsors who are helping to underwrite the cost of the race. And so registration is $25. You can go to CunninghamHome.org and register today. We'll really take registrations all the way up until race morning so you know some people last minute aren't quite sure if they can fit it into their schedule or not or they want to look at the weather or whatever um but we'll have uh, volunteers on hand with technology to be able to accept race registrations Mm -hmm. up until about a half hour before the 5k
1: and it's open to runners and walkers that's
4: right runners and walkers uh strollers we you know it's a great way for families to participate Mm -hmm. and uh it's I heard so much feedback from last year's race from participants. It is very high energy. We have a DJ at the start-finish line. We serve industrial donuts at the finish line. We have lots of volunteers, a lot of student groups from the U of I come out, and we put them along the route Mm -hmm. and cheer them on cheer on the participants, and they hold signs from the kids that our kids make at Cunningham in our residential program that just offer words of encouragement. And so it really is kind of a feel-good experience, um, great high energy, and just the knowledge that you're helping the youth and families at Cunningham Mm -hmm. is special.
1: Race registration, $25. Yep. So you can do that yep. anytime.
4: Yep, Cunninghamhome.org. dot mm-hmm. org. The very first thing you'll come to is a link that says "Learn More," and then there, and then you can register. Mm.
1: Well, it sounds fun, and it's on a, a Saturday morning when the team is not in town.
4: That's right. And the
1: game, by the way, of Wisconsin is eleven o'clock. So this is at nine o'clock. Yeah,
4: so you can so still you,
1: you can do 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 it all. Even if you walk,
4: you'll yeah. still get to probably hear your comments, or they can actually <laughs> wear. The headphones and listen to your pregame. To the
1: pregame show. Yes. They could do that. Yes. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> Depending on what's happening. So, yeah. Yeah, that's the great fun. So check that out. October 1st, Meadowbrook Park in Urbana be a Hero 5K. And uh, again, the second year they've done this. And you had a lot of new folks that are
4: yes. new to Cunningham, right? Yeah, so, yeah. As we were mentioning earlier, this is a great way for people just to maybe learn about us. Um, we have 155 registrations right now. Mm-hmm. And 70% of those are new people. Hmm. And so I think that's exciting. It's a way for us to continue to educate people about our mission, to see that every child thrives. And, um, you know, we really hope that people get invested in the youth and families that we serve and want to continue to support Cunningham in other ways throughout the year. Mm-hmm.
1: Ginger Mills is with us for a few minutes from Cunningham Children's Home. I know always looking for new creative ways, too, to... Yeah. Make people more aware because right. you have the quilt show and you have the, go- the golf go- golf outing, outing. Yep. That, those go well yes, yeah.
4: they do. I mean we continue to um, have a great turnout for both events and continue to raise over a hundred thousand uh, dollars through those events and you know another new event that will be coming up in December is that luminaries of hope and Live Nativity, mm-hmm. which will be December ninth and tenth and um, which will happen right on our campus so just you know we have to continue to think about different ways that um, you know, we can stay engaged with people and new members of our community who want to learn more about the vital work that we do. Mm-hmm.
1: And how are the kids doing? They're really At Cunningham? Well. Yeah, yeah, they're yeah. in school. and Yep, they're, you know. they're
4: in school and, um yep, they're, you know, things are going well and probably hating homework as like all kids do, but you know, hey, that's just what happens when you're a student, <laughs> right?
1: <laughs> that's right. Even college students. That's right. You know, sometimes. Yeah. So true. Well, yeah. Well, good. Well uh have a good weekend with this. Thank you. On October one. Yeah, so we're it's excited. not not this Saturday, but a week from Saturday. Yep, exactly. At nine A.M. Yep. And go to the website
4: CunninghamHome.org and, and get in there. Yes. Thank Sounds you. Sounds
1: good. Very good. Be a hero. Check it out. October 1st, Meadowbrook Park in Urbana. Thanks, Ginger.
4: Thank you for watching. Appreciate having us. it. Talk to you later. Mm-hmm. Bye. Ten forty
1: seven. On a penny for your thoughts. I guess the White House says now official COVID policy has not changed. <laughs> Even though the president said the pandemic's over. But the official COVID policy has not changed. Washington's funny, isn't it? How it works out there. All right, 217 uh, makes you shake your head. 217 356 9397. Text line at 217 351 5357. And you can email us, talk, at WDWS.com. I've always heard uh farmers that my uh, dad would be around and others. They would always chuckle about, hey, I'm from the government. I'm here to help. And uh, that was always kind of a, a punchline. <laughs> Never forgotten that. Uh, 1048, sometimes government just kind of messes it up worse than the, uh, or they overstep, or they create something too big that isn't efficient, and... Uh, Kind of get in the way of things, it seems like. A lot. Some things the government can do well. Not a lot. But, uh, yeah, and then you throw in the politics of it, and then you just get um, you get what you get. All right, uh, let's see here. Tone deaf, someone says. Republicans won't listen to the fact that Trump is not president. They also don't want to hear how Trump is a thief and a liar, Pamela says reading about uh, the Biden administration being tone-deaf. She says Republicans are tone-deaf. And DeSantis will carry on Trump's tactics and add a big helping of racism thrown in. Coming after Ron DeSantis, the governor of Florida, will he be the nominee? Will he be Trump's running mate? Will Trump be running? Will Trump be indicted? What will happen? What will happen? What will happen? Well, we don't know yet. Mentioned it was National Pepperoni Pizza Day today, September 20th. While well, pizza comes with many different toppings, pepperoni, the single most popular pizza. Is it really? Pepperoni, huh? I mean, it's okay. I I like it, but I think you can overdo it. But it's the most popular, I guess. Whether you like your pizza Chicago-style or New York-style, thin and crispy, or deep dish, top it with pepperoni. They say, according to legend... Raphael Esposito created the first pizza in June of 1889. The Queen of Italy inspired the pizza maker so much, he created the pie-shaped delicacy. In the Queen's honor, he named it Pizza Margherita and topped the pizza with tomatoes, basil, and mozzarella. The colors represent the Italian flag. Since then, pizzas evolved... Includes a multitude of toppings, from anchovies and pineapple to sausage and bacon. However, pepperoni remains the most popular. Italian-Americans develop the ever-popular topping through time-honored sausage-making techniques. Seasoned pork and beef sausage are smoked and cured. Once the product's ready to be sliced, it's placed on a delicious pie and, and baked. And they recommend all the... Um, Social media ways, the hashtags you can use to observe Pepperoni Pizza Day. And there are other uh, food days, National Italian Cheese Month, National Goat Cheese Month, and Guinness World Records Day are other days you can celebrate. They say here five amazing pizza records. All right, I'm curious. Americans eat about 100 acres of pizza a day. The world record for the most different kinds of pizza toppings is 27. The heaviest pizza in the world weighed a whopping 26,883 pounds. Really? It was over 122 feet in diameter. It was made in December of 1990, consisted of roughly 10,000 pounds of flour, 4,000 pounds of cheese, 2,000 pounds of tomato puree, and thousands of Pounds of other toppings, including mushrooms and tomatoes. World's largest pizza has a total surface area of 13,580 square feet. Made that in 2012. It was gluten-free and nicknamed Otavia. World record for eating the most pizza. See what you get when you get down a rabbit hole like this? Uh, World record for eating the most pizza. Holds the world record. Jeffrey Esper does the most nine-inch pizzas. He he scarfed down in ten minutes nineteen and a quarter pizzas. Two pizzas per minute. Greatest variety of cheese on a pizza. Small chain of pizzerias in Australia already had a ninety-nine cheese pizza on the menu. When someone created a pizza with a hundred and eleven different types of cheeses. Johnny Francesco decided to top that. He created 154 different type cheese pizza on September 5th of 2018. Okay. And the world's highest pizza toss. Tossing the pizza helps to stretch the dough into the perfect shape. Pizza dough tossing also creates the perfect crust. Probably doesn't matter how high it's tossed. But some pizza chefs like to see how high they can make their pizza fly. Joe Carlucci gets the credit for the highest pizza toss. He tossed about 20 ounces of pizza dough 21 feet 5 inches into the air. Did that on April 20th of 2006 at the Mall of America in Minneapolis. See, surfing the Internet can be uh, time-consuming. 1053 at Newstalk 1400. DWS. Now I'm really hungry. Back in a moment on Penny. 10:55 here on this Tuesday, twentieth day of September, headed for a high in the low 90s. Going to cool off in a couple of days, they say. Uh, Illinois Athletics uh, Hall of Fame Class 2022. Some of the names you'll recognize. Um, A lot of women honored in this particular class, and they'll have the ceremonies coming up here this weekend, part of the sixth Hall of Fame class. Includes five Olympians, three members of their Sports National Hall of Fame, combined for 22 national championships and one team national title. All ten living members of the class scheduled to be in attendance at the induction ceremony. Many will be recognized at halftime of the Illinois Chattanooga game. And uh, Friday night at 6 p.m. inside the State Farm Center. And they will induct the 15 new members to the U of I Hall of Fame class. Which I thought was a great idea that uh, Josh and the athletic folks put together over the last few years. Jody Alderson. Jody Alderson. In there, Becky Beach, who was at uh, the Esquire last night. Dr. Neil Jackson, women's track and field coach. Among the women in there, Dawn Riley, Emily Zuer from soccer. Among others, uh, Jeff George is in that class. Kenny Norman, the snake, in that class. And Ron Gunther, who will be with us tomorrow late in the show as part of our Illini Friday on Wednesday tomorrow. So congratulations to everybody that uh, is there and the, um, what, 10 out of the 15, I guess, uh, living members. So we'll look forward to that here this weekend. Again, no football on Saturday, football on Thursday. Then we play again at Wisconsin on October 1st. And you think it might be mentioned somewhere along the way that Brett Bielema used to coach at Wisconsin? <laughs> you think that'll come up? somewhere during that week. I bet it does. I bet you a quarter. It'll come up here and there in Madison. So uh, get ready for that, and we'll see how Wisconsin does. They played Ohio State late Saturday night. So Illinois plays on Thursday, and they don't play again until they play at Wisconsin. Wisconsin has the late game at Ohio State Saturday, and then of course they have to fly back to Madison. So they're going to get in late wee hours of the morning on Sunday, and then... Turn around and get ready for Illinois. So we'll see if Illinois will be three and one. They got to beat Chattanooga first. Got to do that. And Chattanooga, by the way, is the ninth or eighth, eighth or ninth ranked team in the country in FCS. And we've seen some of those teams pull some upsets along the way, including Southern Illinois over Northwestern this last weekend. So can't uh, count your chickens before they hatch, as the old saying goes. But certainly Illinois in good position to be three and one. If they can beat uh, the mocks coming up on Thursday and they'll be uh arriving in here I believe on Wednesday, the mocks will be all right uh ten fifty nine at d w s that's it for the show today. Thank you so much for being with us. your contributions always welcome on a variety of topics a lot about the safety act today, some national politics, a little fun mixed in Ginger Mills stopped in as well. hope you'll support the folks at Cunningham with the be a hero five k on October 1st. Thanks for being with us. Thanks to Adam Austin for his help today. Appreciate you being there. It's an honor to be with you each and every day. On A Penny for Your Thoughts, WDWS, Champaign-Urbana, the weather's next.